Hello everyone. Before we get into the episode, I um, just want to talk a little bit about Chadwick Boseman. So we record these episodes a week in advance and I edit them a couple days after we record them. So in between editing and error, we got the news of Chadwick Boseman's passing. I just want to say that, um, you know, he was and still is an inspiration and a source of representation for millions of people. And he's going to be very missed. I mean, I know I was a huge fan of him all the way from the 21 Bridges to obviously Black Panther. Um, we're going to talk more about it in the Civil War episode where Black Panther's first appearance in the MCU was, as well as the Black Panther solo film. So we'll get more into that later on. But um, you know, our thoughts are with his family. And I hope that you guys, you know, maybe go back and watch some of his other movies and some of his other work because he was a superhero in real life as well as on film to be battling colon cancer while making multiple films for our entertainment and for our viewing. So uh, with that said, let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to Comically Incompetent. My name is Doug. This is the podcast all about movies, and each week we have a beer that has to do with the movie. You know, we tie it all together. It's great. If you like comic book movies, non-comic book movies, and beer, this is the podcast for you. This week we're going to be talking about the Age of Ultron, ending phase two of the Marvel Cinematic Universe review series that we've been doing, and drinking a beer called The Experiment from Anchorage Brewing all the way up in Anchorage, Alaska. Pretty cool. Um, I went to four different stores to find a beer that had anything to do with Ultron. That was very hard. I'm not looking forward to trying to find one for Ant-Man. <laughs> That'll be even harder. Um, this week, my guest is third-time returning champ of the Comically Incompetent Podcast. Dominic, how you doing? I am doing amazing today. <laughs> it is wonderful to have you back. Third time on the show. You feel a little more comfortable now? You feel good on the show? Oh, definitely. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. I'm glad to be back. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. So this week, everyone, we're going to be talking about Ultron, but at the end, as of recording, as of today, August 22nd, we got a lot of really big DC movie news that we're going to talk about at the end of the show as well. So stick around for that. But just to talk about the age of Ultron, I got to say, this is one of my, it's not like a top five of Marvel, but it's up there for me. It's a good movie. And I feel like it got a lot of unneeded and unwarranted hate, I feel like, when it came out. I agree for the most part, um, <laughs> I'm just gonna go out there and say that this is my second favorite Marvel movie. Really? It, okay. Infinity War is my favorite, but I love the the uh, the first four fifths of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's there's, fair. There's bits at the end that I don't, I don't really like too much, um, but yeah, I, I love this movie. I think for me, the best part of this movie is James Spader as Ultron. Oh. No one else could have done the job that he did. He's no that voice. Yeah, he's menacing, but also creative and witty, and there was a lot of dimension to his character in, in this movie. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he he brought so much to the character that I feel like could have very easily been lost with any other actor. But his voice, like you just have those lines, like the famous one that we, there are no strings on me, like just cool, like oh. that shouldn't be scary or menacing, <laughs> but he does such a good job that it's menacing. Yep. Uh, to me, the whole time, he never felt 
one reason why I really like this movie is I think it's he's one of the better villains in the Marvel in the MCU um, in this phase anyway. In the fact that he he didn't always feel like a straight up villain to me. Like you you could see other sides to his points yeah. on what he's trying to accomplish in the movie. Um, one thing that I wanted to mention was uh, when I was rewatching this, I kind of realized that he is basically Tony Stark's Joker, kind of. Yeah, interesting. And one thing that I realized when uh, towards the end of the movie is that really, no matter what, how the events would have played out, Ultron won. Or not won, but he succeeded in what he was trying to do. Um, yeah. I wrote down a quote uh, at, towards the end of the movie when... Um, the uh we'll say it's a meteor i mean it's a chunk of the earth yeah <laughs> uh, is hurling back down or hurling up right now into space um he says when the dust settles the only thing living in this world will be metal and obviously you could take that as like oh i'm gonna be the only thing left machines blah blah, blah. yeah but i took that as no matter if he wins or loses if humanity is still around they're going to be steeled towards whatever whatever threats will come af- after him. Okay. They're gonna they're gonna be metal. They're gonna be uh, more. Um, what's the word? You know what I'm trying to say. Like right? guarded. To yeah. It, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. gonna uh, not underestimate the bigger threats that are coming after him. Interesting. Basically. I never thought of it that way. I never saw it that way. That's good. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was real interesting. I mean, I mean that kind of goes into the, the other quote um, that he says, whenever the earth starts to settle, God throws a stone uh, uh, at it. Believe me, he's winding up. Um, but, you know, that kind of goes into his whole philosophy through the movie and his yeah. goal and whatever. But yeah. yeah, I mean, his dialogue is amazing. It's written so well, this movie. And like I said, it's just medicine. The way that they were able to take pinocchio lines and make it like worrisome for the audience to like hear him saying you're like oh that's good yeah that's really really good it did such a good job i mean i remember in the trailer when this one came out and that ends with him like over a black screen you're like there are no strings on me and you're just like oh (laughs) what is this gonna be yeah it was outstanding definitely definitely one thing i do want to touch on my favorite part of this movie my favorite character from the one of my favorite comic book characters in the world is introduced fully in this movie, the Scarlet Witch. And I'm very excited to talk about that because I love the Scarlet Witch. She is very cool. <laughs> I mean, I, when I was coming into this movie, I didn't um, fully... I didn't know about her uh, at all, really. I didn't know like the level that she was going to be involved with everything. Yeah. I mean, she's, in the comics, one of the, if not the mo- most powerful mutant out there. And so this movie, obviously, like there, she's not a mutant. She's an experiment. Um, also ties in with the beer, the experiment. Nah. Um, she's an experiment that basically created one of the strongest mutants, which or characters in the MCU. My only issue that they did throughout these movies is they really dumbed down her powers. Because if she wanted to, she could have destroyed all the villains they faced and Thanos without even batting an eye. But this movie, obviously, you can't do that. You need these villains to, you know have a chance to win so you can, they got to kind of make her not as powerful as she should be but still i mean amazing to see her elizabeth olsen i think portrayed her beautifully and we also get some quicksilver action which is really cool and the vision there's a lot 
this movie brings in and yeah. throws at you in em- one movie. <laughs> emphasis on some Quicksilver action. <laughs> Very limited Quicksilver <laughs> action, yeah. Didn't see that coming. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so her whole thing, about like you were saying, how she could have annihilated pretty much everyone, yeah. um, that ties into the reason that I have issues with towards the end of this movie. Because um, pretty much up until they're in Sokovia um, at towards the end of the movie when they're in Sokovia again everything felt like a a real uh, valid threat like yeah. th- everything felt very strong and oh if we don't do this then this terrible thing is going to happen blah blah and uh, that's kind of the, how it is towards the end but I feel like they um, they pulled Ultron's punches at the end of the movie like they just wanted they wanted to show the heroes succeeding more than anything i feel like they could have kept that theme of um not defeat but like struggle i guess really the only character you see that the most in i think at the end is tony because he's struggling with blowing the city up but (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there was so much going against them, and I feel like if Ultron really wanted, he could have just, I guess, put the final nail in that coffin. But he was all of a sudden, yeah, there was like a flip, a switch, a flip that switch, a switch that flipped in him, and he became very quickly beatable. Yeah, yeah. Like he had them, he had them on the ropes, and all of a sudden they're just punching him and beating the crap out of him. It's like, but he was just. How, why now? Like, why now all of a sudden can he, he is he not, like, indestructible? Yeah. Like, he's made of vibranium. Yeah, and there's multiple instances of him, like, where he had a clear opportunity to murder one of the Avengers, like, when he had Thor by the throat. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that you could say that they didn't have him seriously injure him or whatever in that situation because they wanted the um, dialogue and whatever. Um in that scene, but yeah. I lost my train of, train of thought on that. <laughs> but but yeah, I well, agree. <laughs> yeah, to your point, I think that the scene that really shows that the most is that he's made of the strongest metal in the world. Yet, when he's like in the bus at the end of the movie, like pretty much beaten, Scarlet Witch pulls his like little metal heart out of him, and she just rips the vibranium apart like nothing, like so easily. She's not even really putting that much effort into it, and like. Like I just said, she's super powerful, but as far as like what her abilities in this specific movie, she should not have been able to rip vibranium apart like paper. I agree. I mean, really, no character's been able to do that still. I mean, Thanos no. broke the shield, right? Broke the shield but after like yeah. hacking at it for yeah, a exactly. hefty it took of a lot of effort. Um, I mean, Ultron was just like uh, beamed by Vision and everyone for... A, yeah. l- a few seconds right before that, but still, that doesn't really account for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, we get something pretty cool in this movie. We get Andy Serkis for <laughs> the first time as Ulysses Claw, which yeah. he was weird. Like he's a he's a good actor, but he was we- he's and he's always a little weird. I'll say that, but he was weird in this movie. <laughs> oh, definitely. I feel like he wanted to play it up a little because when when was his other like on-screen non-animated role before this was there one i, don't even I always think of the prestige oh, yeah the prestige now, and i know he's been in others but the, i my first one i go to is the prestige mm-hmm. yeah and, i feel like he wanted to play it up a little bit because it'd been a long time 
since he's really like been on screen as a human. <laughs> yeah, he became the mocap guy very quickly. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, amazing at it. There's nobody better at mocap than Andy Serkis. Oh, definitely. Unbeatable. And he's still doing crazy stuff right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, one important thing is symbolism I wanted to note. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump around a little bit. So, in the beginning, this is probably actually one of my favorite shots in the entire movie. Um, the beginning when they're when the Avengers are attacking um, the is it a Hydra base? I forget exactly what faction it is. Yeah, it's Hydra. Yeah, okay. Um, they're attacking the Hydra base, uh, trying to get the scepter, and there's um, the enemy is shooting shooting at the Avengers and Tony and everything, and then some bolts start going into the city, and so Tony sends in the Iron Legion to um, basically get the the crowds of civilians to disperse to try to minimize casualties and everything. But my, one of my favorite shots in the entire movie is when Iron Legion lands and basically starts talking to the crowd, like saying, it's, uh, it's not safe here. Please go, yeah. please disperse. And he's like, the robot is putting his hands out, but he's like his hand phasers or like the, um, flight maneuvers, maneuver, uh, thrusters or whatever you want to call them yeah. are aiming at the crowd at the same time and then they they show that graffiti of uh warmongering tony stark and i don't know i love that part <laughs> yeah it's definitely interesting to see like the i guess like geopolitical stance of what iron man was and i think it shows a lot that as hard as tony was trying to be a hero he couldn't stop himself from making weapons mm-hmm. even on accident like everything he created for good turned could easily be a weapon that could destroy it thousands of people but he doesn't mean to but he can't he can't stop and i think that's what that scene shows as well is that these people are still being you know these war-torn countries still being blown up by stark weapons whether he's selling them or not yep they're still out there it's still his name all over these weapons oh my god i just had an epiphany okay what so the um the shield of humanity that tony tries to create ultron yeah ultron is the shield he and he actually says that at one point. I think a, a shield around the earth or something like that. A suit of armor. A, a suit of a suit armor, of okay, armor around the earth. Yeah, yeah. But it, basically, it's a shield. Um, yeah. His shield turns into a sword at the end of the movie. There's that giant vibranium spike. Oh in yeah, the, yeah. In yeah. the meteor, and Ultron actually says it at one point. I'll be your uh, swift and terrible sword, and some, some, some. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty interesting. It's a pretty cool Pokemon Sword and Shield reference. <laughs> oh, definitely. That's, that's what they're <laughs> aiming for. That's what it was, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you're, you're seeing a lot of things I never noticed. the first, Like, I, I feel like I take this movie at face value, and it's hard. I feel like sometimes it can be harder to take these movies at, like, a deeper level, but you, you're definitely doing a good job of, like, grabbing out these things I never noticed. <laughs> that's one reason, reason why I like this movie is, I mean, if you compare this movie to, like, the first Avengers, first Avengers is basically face value all around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't really think there's too many deeper um, symbolism symbolisms in that movie. Um, I mean, like in this movie, for example, you have the singularity of Ultron coming to life. Tony was wasn't succeeding in bringing him to life the entire time, and yeah. then it just happened. <laughs> and you know, that's a whole rabbit hole of creationism and everything that you can get down. But I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this this movie is, like, there's a lot of that, yeah, themes and symbolism. I mean, when I was trying to look for beer, I was, um, 
on the phone with my dad and he was like well what's the movie about he's never really seen the marvel movies and i was like thinking i was like there are a lot of interesting plots this movie is about like rebirth of you know the earth basically and like it's a cleansing but not in a good way i like, guess people are like oh like cleansing is always good but like ultra wanted to cleanse the earth in a bad way like this movie is about cleansing and rebirth in a way of like a villain's point of view in mm-hmm. a darker sense of like killing everyone so that the earth can be begin again which is kind of a lot of what thanos believed in as well yeah because like, remember at the end of endgame he was like i'll just get rid of everybody then start fresh and they'll never even know that i was a villain that i was a bad guy jeez <laughs> and like it'll all be re rebirth and renewed and they'll worship me like a god like that's what i think what ultron was trying to do was like begin the the earth again with true peace mm-hmm. see I, my take on that is i think that was his you know that that was definitely his a goal mm-hmm. his b goal was if he failed humanity won't be the same after yeah i fail but yeah yeah i agree yeah i, I love it <laughs> it's always interesting to get these villains that view themselves as saviors yeah and because you get these villains like I'm, I always use him as examples because I don't think he was a great villain Killmonger of like his whole thing was just like revenge mm-hmm. like it's all I want revenge and it's very simple but they get these villains like Thanos or Ultron who are they view themselves as the true hero they're like we're gonna try like we're helping and you just don't understand why like you're too childish to understand what I'm gonna do for you yeah I love it's villains crazy. like that it, it humanizes yeah. them it shows that you know they are in their mind anyway aiming towards a um good quote quote goal yeah it's always an, it's so cool to get those villains i mean i think marvel is riddled with this these kinds of villains that are very good also a couple that are you know, not so great because they're just very face value like revenge is a base it's just very simple very very done mm-hmm. <laughs> like theme yeah um but i was gonna say i think my favorite scene in this whole movie is when scarlet witch gets to the hulk Oh. And he's like rampaging that city, and Tony in the Hulkbuster suit. We get to see Hulkbuster for the first time, and I love that scene where he's Tony's got Hulk down. And he's just punching him repeatedly. He's like, "Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep." Like <laughs> Tony was awesome in this movie, man. He was like, it was interesting to see this this side of him of like so like drawn to helping, so like that need to help people to a fault because mm-hmm. we hadn't seen that in him before. It's it all, was so like all, focused on everyone. Yeah, all Scarlet Witch's fault with her hallucinations. Yeah, which you reminded me one thing I really, really want to talk about. This I believe this movie is the reason Tony sacrifices himself in Endgame. Okay, I think Scarlet Witch shows him that vision of all the Avengers dead, and he said, "I need to do anything I can to stop this." Hmm. So he goes to create Ultron to save his friends. So I think when push came to shove and he was sitting there in Endgame, he thought of what he saw in that vision that Scarlet Witch gave him. And that's what I think gave him the courage to put on the gauntlet and snap his fingers. I think he would not have done it if it was, or maybe it would have been done differently if it wasn't for this scene that she gave him, that vision of all his friends dead. Even in that scene, we get the shield cracked just the same way that it was cracked when Thanos broke it. Yep. Like, I think it was Tony's way of making sure that what he saw in that vision didn't happen. Yeah, I I definitely agree. This is, this is, this movie, even though it's an Avengers movie, this is Tony's story, definitely. Mm -hmm. Because this is the turning point where we go from flippant and cavalier and 
billionaire playboy whatever tony to ptsd oh my god how am i gonna save the planet blah blah tony yeah um i think the moment you see that shift in the movie is actually with hulk when he is uh when he takes hulk down through the skyscraper yeah i think that's the moment you see it like in his eyes like oh this (laughs) things are getting serious he's having a change of um vision we'll say Ooh, there you go (laughs) speaking of visions paul bettany as the vision beautiful in this movie what a beautiful man just fantastic nice christmas colored man (laughs) with a nice yellow infinity stone in his forehead and because this is the movie that these these avengers learned what about the infinity stones Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to see them for the first time really interact with one because they yeah they had the scepter and the tesseract like they didn't know what those were so this is really to them the first infinity stone so how did ultron know the stone was inside the scepter is it because he was created from the stone technically i would no, because he was oh yeah maybe that's the only thing i could think of because obviously no one tells him yeah, and I mean, he. it seems like the only knowledge he has is of Earth's history, which the Earth doesn't really have a history of the stones, besides maybe the Tesseract, but then, again, they don't really know what that... They didn't know that was a stone. Yeah, I know. That's true. Hmm. Yeah, maybe because he was created from it. Yeah, that's one thing I think is interesting. I, I, I had that epiphany of that stone created Scarlet Witch, and that stone also is, part, is the Vision. I think that's why they have that connection in later movies, well, Scarlet Witch and the Vision, because they're both created from the same Infinity Stone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe could, I think that's what it was. I think because he was created by the stone. Maybe that, he knew about the stone. That makes sense. Oh, one one line I love in this movie is when uh, Ultron is dying, or, you know, dying, quote quotes, in the yeah. trolley car or bus or whatever it is. Um, and, he, and Wanda, right before she rips his heart out, he says to her, Wanda, if you stay here, you'll die. And he says it with such, like, conviction and sadness. And, yeah. like, I don't know. It it gets to me a little bit. It, it, it You see someone who their entire life, I mean, he's only lived for, like, two days. Um, <laughs> his entire life's goal has basically failed, quote, quote. And um, he knows what the repercussions of that will be. I mean, he, he did love, well, not love, I guess cared for the twins of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. He cared for them. He he wanted the best for them. And you see it in that scene where, you know, Quicksilver's telling him what happened to their parents and everything. And he, he like, can weirdly, like, sympathize and understand. So when it, it, he realized that he lost and he'd failed, he was like, he didn't want her to die. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that, I mean, James Bader delivered his lines. It's like such beautiful conviction that you're like... You believe that he's sad, and I feel like that's hard to pull emotion out of a robot, but he literally gave that robot so much emotion. <laughs> uh, this movie was so close to perfect. I, w- I wish they would have pulled through a little bit at the end. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't get why it gets the hate that it does. Like, I understand, like, it wasn't as good. Maybe, like, as good as some other ones, but even then, like, it, it was up there for me. It's a good movie. And mm-hmm. if you look at it up to this point, it's definitely one of the best. Like, I think up to this point, the top three are Civil War, or not Civil War, um, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, and this, the last three. Like, they think it goes in that order, too. Yeah. 
Like, in, in this phase, especially. I think, obviously, you have, like, the first Iron Man, which is definitely up there with these three. But there's nothing besides the first Iron Man that could compete with those three movies. I mean, mm. up to this point. This, the, Ultron was good. It covered everything it needed to cover. It pushed the world forward by giving us new heroes and giving us Infinity Stones and giving us more, like, they're talking about Thanos and even Thor kind of talks about what the Infinity Stones can do and that's there. He even says the phrase something along the lines like, we're just pawns in someone's game. It's, oh, like, yeah. no, it's just not a coincidence this is the fourth Infinity Stone to show up. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, it pushes it forward so well of like, all right, like this is what we know to this point. Here's some new characters and now move forward. Now we're going to keep going. Like, and then they, they give you to Ant-Man and like Civil War and the world just builds. This is a, this is a world building movie that really showed off like what the series is going to be and can be. Mm-hmm. of avengers movies yeah what it's a- about to turn into with civil war and everything yeah and this is a lot of hawkeye <laughs> yeah it is a lot of hawkeye this movie's a lot of hawkeye uh, we should get grayson's take on that <laughs> <laughs> i didn't like hawkeye before or after this movie this is probably the only movie i enjoy hawkeye in i think i agree because you have the, his whole thing with his family which is you know mm-hmm. um uh, em- it's endearing. Em- yeah, there you go. I was, was going to make up a word, but yes, that's <laughs> that's the right word. <laughs> what were you going to make up? Uh, I got to uh, know now. E- empathiable. <laughs> um, I love it. Uh, and actually, I re- there's one badass part with him where he is. Um, Wanda's freaking out on the meteor of Sokovia, which is understandable. Yeah, um, makes sense. Uh, and so, you know, he brings her into some house as they're being shot at by robots. And um, he's, like, talking to her. And we're like, the city is flying. And we're, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I have a bow and arrow. And we're fighting robots. And, like, he's saying all this silly stuff. And then, like, a shot goes over his head. Uh, or it goes through the wall, actually, right in front of him. And he, like, stands up and shoots an arrow through, like, this inch hole, big w- hole in the wall. Uh, and takes out some robot. I don't know. It was just really cool. <laughs> it was good. It showed a lot of like, I think Grace and I talked about it last week. It's a lot of like, I think Guardians of the Galaxy showed like these movies can laugh at themselves. Guardians of the Galaxy was the first one to not take itself so seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think that inspired that line of him basically pointing out like, this is ridiculous what we're doing. We're on a floating city fighting robots and I have a bow and arrow. It's like, this is insanity. <laughs> like, and it just, I think it was a good one of like, okay, we can laugh at ourselves. We can point out that this is f-ing insane. <laughs> yeah yeah i love that little bit and i am a little bummed that we use linda cardinelli for such a small part because i love her as an actress i mean the amount of times we've talked about scooby-doo and scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed man she plays velma perfectly as well as a great actress in uh, in movies that are actually really good and tv shows that are really good wait Um, wait which hero are we talking about she plays hawkeye's wife oh her okay (laughs) Um, she's barely in the movie and she's such a good actress i mean oh that is you ever see that show yeah <laughs> did you ever see that show on netflix bloodline yeah she was awesome in that yeah she was pretty good in that <laughs> it, the, the only redeeming quality of that show was her and ben mendelson as the villain also an mcu actor now that i think about it in later in later movies but who is he again in uh, the mcu yeah the... he is the i think the scroll Oh, like yeah. the, the shape-shifting people in Captain Marvel, and then he also has a small part in um, uh, Far From Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Skrulls, right? Yeah, the shape. Yeah, because Skrulls versus the Kree in, the, in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, she's awesome, and I feel like, you know... I mean, she did a great job in this movie playing Hawkeye's wife, um, but I think the funny part <laughs> of this movie, which I just... I couldn't help but laugh at, was the scene where um, she was talking to Hawkeye, and she's like... Um, she says something, and he's like, wait, you don't think they need me? She goes, I think they they need you more than anything, and that's what scares me the most. Yeah. And I was like, thinking, I'm like, what has he really done to make her think that? <laughs> like, at least in the movies, that maybe, like, there's some stuff, like, outside of the movies, if this were real, like, that he did. But as far as we've seen, he doesn't really hold the team together. Yeah, he's a definitely a supporting hero. Yeah. And what a backhanded comment. Like, like, okay, if he, when he said, like, oh, you don't think they need me? She could have said, like, oh, of course they need you. No, she's like, no, I, 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 uh, what scares me is I think they really do. Yeah. <laughs> they need this worthless archer who has to run she, everywhere. Yeah, she even says, like, these are gods. Yeah. <laughs> and you're you. And it was, like, such a backhanded compliment. He's even just like, what the fuck? Like, they need me. Just hey, a, I'm good. <laughs> just a bunch of gods and Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> but I think my favorite line that we get from him is when um, Quicksilver runs by and picks up Scarlet Witch. <laughs> and he runs away and says some comment to Hawkeye. And he pulls out his bow and arrow. He's like, I could do it. No one would ever know. <laughs> yeah. he's, and he's like, yeah, he's going to be missed. Quick little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> then he dies three minutes later. Uh, roughly, yeah, about three <laughs> minutes later, Quicksilver. We don't get Quicksilver much, which I think that was because Fox was already using a Quicksilver in the X-Men movies. Yeah, that's probably it. But, which, I'm, I mean, I am I like Fox's version better. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was kind of bummed because I liked the actor. And he and, um, yeah. uh, I'm forgetting Wanda's name, the actress. Elizabeth Olsen? Yeah, yeah, they, they both have a really good dichotomy. I was wondering if you're going to bring up the other movie that they were in together. Oh, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when that was going to happen. That I was, literally have a note about that. That was my uh, Godzilla-sized segue into the <laughs> next segment. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I was wondering. I was wondering how long it would take you to bring that up. Such good chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> even though, do they even really? I don't remember the first Godzilla that much. Are they even in it that much together? Not together. I think they're in like three scenes. That's yeah, it. it's not a lot. Like like two and a half scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that one. That was a good one. I think the second one that we saw, uh, King of the Monsters, was a better Godzilla movie. Oh, oh, it definitely was. That was like yeah. the epitome. I doubt Kong is going to be as good. But I think uh, I talked about those movies on an episode. I think it might have been with Chris on one. I don't know how I segued into it. <laughs> but yeah, it was Kong versus Godzilla is coming out. Well, probably not as much anymore with the pandemic probably pushed back. But it, it was supposed to be next year, right? Or end of this year? I think it was... No, I think it was supposed to be like mid-next year, but I don't think mm. they... They probably would have started shooting a yeah. few months ago, but the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I was thinking about it. Side note, I was um, looking it up. Uh, Winter Soldier and the Falcon got pushed back because of it, which I'm confused how. Because the show was supposed to air... The first episode was supposed to come out yesterday as of recording, but the, I don't think Marvel's came up with an official statement saying that they pushed it back. Hmm. Which, my working theory is that there's something in the Black Widow movie that has to do with the show because they said the sh- these shows on Disney Plus directly tie in with the movies. You have to watch the shows to get the later movies. So I think there's something in Black Widow that has to do with, with that is then shown in Falcon Winter Soldier, so they can't show it yet. That, That's my guess. That would make sense. I actually forgot Falcon was getting a show. Wait, so what's happening with Captain America? Is he not going to be the next Captain America? I think he is. I think he, Well, in the comics... 
There are two other Captain Americas, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes. Oh. <laughs> so I'm assuming that because Cap gave him the shield at the end of Endgame, that's going to be Sam Wilson. They'll just, like, double-team the role be of Captain America's. <laughs> I mean, I could see that. Maybe they switch, switch off or something with the shield, but... I mean, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see what they do. But back to Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, I do want to talk about that party scene we get toward the beginning. Oh, yes. I like that whole part. It's it's a lot of um, character building. It's nice to see them as people, as just humans and not like, you know, like the, <coughs> Linda Cardinelli says, gods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I really like the part where um, Natasha, I forgot her name. Uh, Scarlet, there we go. Scarlet Johansson. <laughs> uh, N- Natasha is talking with uh, Bruce Banner at the uh, at the bar, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, kind of flirting, kind of, yeah. Um, She's flirting. He's trying his best. <laughs> yeah, he's trying. He's trying to keep up. Which I mean, yeah. anyone would have to just try to keep up with Natasha. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then Cap Captain America comes up and said, "I've oh, I've seen flirting close up." Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "What do you mean up close?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I love the Stan Lee cameo we get of uh, Thor getting him so <laughs> face that he's like being carried out of the party going Excelsior. Yeah, him and all the <laughs> World War II veterans. Yeah. <laughs> I Don't quote me on this, but I think those were actual World War II veterans too. Ooh, interesting. I, I think there are some war. I don't, I don't remember which war that was, but yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, it would have been World War II because they mentioned Omaha Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what's the line? He's like, I was on Omaha, I was at Omaha Beach, Blondie. Like, I can take it. And then he gives him like the um, the, the Asgardian booze. Yeah, Asgardian liquor that was aged for a thousand years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how he's still alive. Like, Thor could have killed him <laughs> yeah. on accident. Poor old man. <laughs> um, and then we have the hammer scene after. Yeah, where they're all competing to who can pick up the hammer. They're all mocking Thor, like. Oh, whoever should wield the hammer shall have the power. Yeah. I like uh, Tony and War Machine. And Tony, uh, he's like, come on, represent. They have like their gauntlets trying to like pull the uh, yeah. camera up. Are you even pulling? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they have great chemistry, too. Don Cheadle and um, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. They have a great friendship that I think is outstanding. You mean... And you see it a lot in this movie. You mean had... Oh. 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 Endgame references. Oh, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up. So, you know, Captain America tries to pick up the hammer and it budges. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't go up. So what What between that movie and Endgame makes Captain America worthy? I think... So I think Captain America as a human was close to being worthy. That's why he got the hammer to budge. Because there's two theories. That he could budge it but not pick it up. And the other theory is that he could pick it up realized that he could and then pretended like he couldn't my theory is that he couldn't but he could budget and that's because at the winter soldier was the beginning of captain america's character arc he grows and builds so much between then and endgame and i think that is what made it worthy was everything that happened was him not because not being the soldier that blindly follows orders but being his own person mm-hmm. which is what he slowly becomes throughout the movies and i think in endgame he kind of knew he could budget, and I think he kind of knew he might be able to. And I think he just took a risk in Endgame, and it worked, and he was able to wield the hammer. But I think that was the big change of just everything that happened between Winter Soldier and Endgame. 
that everything that he became and did and changed, that was what I think is the reason he could wield it. Um, yeah, he witnessed a lot of yeah. events that changed him in in Civil War and Infinity War. Yeah, and I think there there are people who definitely believe that he could wield it the whole time and that he just pretended like he couldn't because Thor was not in a part in his character arc where he could handle, I think, someone else wielding the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's also true. I think he had a lot of growing to do, too, too, to get to a point where he could... Because he looked so worried when Cap budged it. Oh, but yeah. then when in, in Endgame, when Cap has it, he's like, I knew it! Like, he's so excited. <laughs> so I think they both had a lot of growing to do for that scene to work, and I think that's why he couldn't pick it up. But... That's just me. What, what, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think he he wasn't worthy at at that point. Um, and he obviously, I don't think he was pretending to not pick it up. Um, what part? One part of that is that when he was trying to lift it up, it slips out of his hands. He didn't like loosen his grip or anything. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my if I okay. If you could think of any other hero that we've seen in the MCU that could possibly wield it, who do you think would be? Um, it's tough because a lot. Pretty much everyone has issues. Yeah, I mean, maybe Black Panther. That's kind of iffy. Yeah, I think maybe if he got, because I think he struggles a lot with um, what happened with his father. Yeah, I, mean, I think he was if he was able to push through that. But yeah, he's the closest thing besides Captain America we have to a true leader mm-hmm. in the series. So yeah, I would agree with that. That's a good one. Uh, probably not Captain Marvel. I mean, she is. She, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I think she has a lot of growing to do. We've barely seen her character begin her arc of what they're gonna, I think, build to. Mm-hmm. She definitely um, has her biases, and yeah, yeah. I think, just based off, like, um, other comics, I think a full, like, an adult, not Tom Holland, but, like, in a grown-up Spider-Man could definitely probably wield it a little bit. Yeah. Not, probably not the full powers of Mjolnir, but could. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. That'd be pretty tight, too. It would be pretty sick. <laughs> could, like, Web-slinging around. Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, <laughs> sling it and... <laughs> yeah. I, I also want to talk about this movie does, has one thing, the biggest... And credit scenes of all time. I think one of the most important in credit scenes of all time. We see uh, the the big purple dude. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Thanos basically, you know, the, the little thing opens and fine, I'll do it myself. Gets the gauntlet. And you're just like, okay, this is where it's about to pop the off. Yep. <laughs> I was trying to think of the purple dude from McDonald's. I forgot his name. Grimace. Grimace. Yes. He actually... Thanos is grimacing when he That's puts true. his thing on. That's there true. we go. We cracked the code. <laughs> Do Am I thinking of the right movie? Don't we also get a reference to Wakanda in this movie? Yeah, because uh, that's how they bring uh, in... Um, what? Waka, Wakanada? Wakanada, that's what he says, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Bruce. When they uh, saw the brand on... Um, Ulysses Claw. Yeah, I always forget his name. I don't know why. <laughs> it's a rough name. The only reason I remember is because I've seen Black Panther so many times. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what's your... If you had to pick, what's your favorite scene in this movie? Gut reaction would be when Ultron wakes up and he stumbles out in his... Uh, yeah. Chrysalis. Actually, that's what he calls it, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, One cool little part of symbolism in that is he has all... He's, like, dripping fluids and oil and whatever yeah. and he has all these cables and it's almost like he's 
being born like that's his umbilical cord kind of like yeah, wrapped definitely. around him and whatever and yeah I, I like that scene his whole speech is cool and the fight is pretty good yeah yeah i think one of my favorite lines of the movie is at the end so we have that shot of vision who can wield the hammer and then they're like talking about to thor like iron man and captain america like well, I mean, you put the hammer on an elevator, elevator goes up, elevator's not worthy. <laughs> like, they're trying to rationalize why Vision could pick up the hammer, which I think one thing about that is that he could because he was, there's nothing about him. There's nothing good or bad about him. Yeah, he's a blank slate. Yeah, um, and I think if he were to try, like, now, he wouldn't be able to pick it up. Yeah, I don't think so. He's definitely got some confliction, or had some conflictions. R.I.P. I mean, he, ba- <laughs> he basically almost... He paralyzed uh, War Machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a uh, hot topic in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to be on the Civil War episode then. Yeah, we'll talk about fun. it. Is that the next one? No, we got Ant-Man. Oh, yeah, Ant-Man. Ant-Man is next. Yeah. Um, that's going to be impossible to find beer for. It's not like any beers named with ants or something. <laughs> There's got to be some ant or, like, insect beer or something. I was going to go with something based on... Oh, well, because she's not the wasp yet in this movie. I was going to go with like wasp, but we'll figure it out. Mm. Um, I do, I think, want to move over and talk about some DC news, if you're open to that. Yeah. Because I know we kind of... We talked a little... Well, 40 minutes. Kind of quickly about Age of Ultron, but I think we covered the bases. And I think there's three DC news that we need to talk about. First off, the new Wonder Woman trailer that came out today as of recording. Uh, Kristen Wiig, full cheetah. Cool. <laughs> I'm here for it. I didn't. Think, I'm really here for I, it. I didn't think they're gonna do it. I thought it was just gonna be like, oh, she's enhanced and she wears a cheater, a cheater, <laughs> cheater. <laughs> a, a cheetah skin uh, cape or you know whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was hesitant i feel like as, as for most people in Kristen wig is you know i love her she's amazing comedically and she's done some drama but nothing i feel like would be super villain no i don't but think she so. looks like she kills it yeah. like she looks good <laughs> yeah and we get oh god no i was just gonna say i think she pulls it off i mean it looks like she will anyway yeah i was worried that she was gonna look like taylor swift in the cats movie <laughs> Uh, the movie that ended the world, considering that was like the last movie to come out pre-COVID. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but she looks good. She looks like a cheat, like super like the cheetah, like actually. And you know, you get Wonder Woman f- swinging from lightning bolts. Like that's sick. So cool. Um, when there's a there's a scene where her and I forgot the guy's name. You remember his name? Uh, uh her, Chris Pine. Chris Pine's character. Yeah. I don't remember his character's name. Yeah, me neither. But they're in the jet. Uh, they're in a jet. And I thought yeah. that was going to be her, like, Invisijet. They were going to turn oh, invisible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who knows? They might. I don't know. But They might. That, yeah. <laughs> That'd be tight. And then you'll just see her, like, sitting there because <laughs> just the jet is invisible. It's a ridiculous concept that I think <laughs> works in comic books back in the 1950s, but I think could not be translated to 2020 screens or 2021 screens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then um, who's the other villain again in the this one? Max Lord, who's going to be played by um, I am blanking on his name. I love him. He's the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, he is the Mandalorian. How am I blanking? On, I literally just watched a movie with him the other day, but that's prior. It's too hot to remember names. I'm sitting in a <laughs> microwave right now. Oh, it melts um, the brain. <laughs> Pedro Pascal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he's going to play Max Lord as... Which my guess of the movie is that Max Lord's going to be the main villain. And then Cheetah's going to go to him, wanting to become, you know, like the Cheetah, more powerful. And then he creates her to be more powerful than I think he intended and that he underestimated her to be. And then I think that power shifts. I think she becomes extremely powerful, becomes the full Cheetah. And then that dynamic's going to shift. And he's going to be like a secondary villain. And she's going to be the main villain. Hmm. Yeah. That's my guess. I could see that. And just based on the trailer, um, if I don't think it's spoiling anything to talk about the trailer, but go watch the trailer, guys, if you haven't seen it. Um, it's pretty sick. I'm very excited. I love the 1980s, especially 1984. We get some great movies in 1984, and I'm very excited to see that time period. Um, I think the next thing is the Suicide Squad roll call. Oh, jeez. James Gunn's Suicide Squad. They, a video came out today of showing the actors in their costumes for the first time as their characters, which some are returning, like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. Like Some of these are returners, but King Shark oh, is going to be in it. That's a big reveal. I was so pumped when I saw King Shark. I was like, no way. No, the way they do King Shark. But there's so That's, many people in that movie. Jeez. There's a lot. Polka Dot Man played by the only thing I, I know. I've seen him in other stuff, but whenever I see him, I think of him as the crazy guy in The Dark Knight. That um, Two Face, like before he's Two Face, interrogates in that alley. Yeah, that, that's the only person I see him as too. <laughs> he's been in a bunch yeah. of things, but I've but, seen him in a bunch of things. But that's the first thing I think of. Yeah. Um, uh, I do have to say one thing: John Cena's outfit. What, what's his <laughs> what's his hero's name? I don't remember. I don't even know. I only really know a few <laughs> characters. Like I've heard of a few characters, but that's he, he, looks, he looks ridiculous. ridiculous. Like he looks like a character from like the. 60s cartoons or something which is awesome i mean <laughs> i'm sure it'll be great but <laughs> yeah because that was we've seen that quick picture and then also the third thing is the behind the scenes featurette that we get to see him in i yeah like you said before we start recording i think we have to see it through the camera's eye mm-hmm. and not like behind the scenes stuff because i think it'll be might be better it might just be ridiculous that might just be the point <laughs> yeah i mean it, it'll be different after the color grading and all yeah. that stuff but i mean there's like crazy reflections on like his helmet and stuff and yeah yeah (laughs) i mean even john cena says it he's like it's just a douchey captain america basically (laughs) oh so you mean regular captain america oh grayson would be so proud of you right now (laughs) (laughs) gotta represent and this is the second week in a row we're talking about james gunn because we just did guardians of the galaxy last week and that dude is talented man he is a talented director and i think if anyone can make a suicide squad movie good it's going to be him. Definitely. He knows how to make a good superhero movie. Yeah. Or comic. And I'll say comic book movie. Yeah. And weekly tradition, I got to bring up my weekly Doctor Who reference. Peter Capaldi, the 12th Doctor, playing some weird character I've never heard of before in Suicide Squad. <laughs> He's like the Brainiac? No, not Brain. No, Brainiac's a completely different villain. Um, oh, it's it's something brain, though. The, like Yeah, or brain, like mind, or something like that. Something to do with that. It's, it's on but, the tip of tongue, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. It's right there. I wish I, I would pull it up, but I don't want to. <laughs> um, I'm excited. I think DC has kind of got their act together a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think they they understand the direction that they need to go in, I think. And, they, you know, bringing out all these, uh, I don't want to say random characters, but maybe smaller characters from the woodwork. <laughs> it's yeah. a great idea, in my point. Well, I think James Gunn's the best of that because I I never personally I know a lot of comic book characters I'd never heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy before and nope. James Gunn came out and 
nailed those movies. Yeah. Created some of the best comic book characters in the in the MCU, and I don't. I think that's why DC was like, we need this guy. We need this guy. Plus, it was perfect. He just kind of he just gotten fired from Marvel for um, his controversy that we talked about last week. Um, it was like the perfect time to pick him up and throw him onto something DC. And I think Suicide Squad was a weird choice, considering they just had a failed Suicide Squad like three years before, mm-hmm. which was just phew, a rough one. The only <laughs> good thing we got out of that was Margot Robbie. Um, the Joker, Jared Leto's Joker, was ass. In my opinion. Yeah, I like to not think about it. <laughs> I remember people were like, oh, there's not enough Joker. Like, I wish there was more Joker. I remember seeing that movie going, I wish the Joker just wasn't in this one. Like, he <laughs> ruined the movie. In my opinion, Will Smith wasn't bad as Deadshot, but... Yeah. You know, that movie was just exposition. Like, every time a character was introduced, we had to sit there and wait. Like, this is Katana. Her sword holds the souls of her victims. Like, we've been in this movie for 45 minutes, and we're still doing this? Like... <laughs> Or the whole um, Slipknot thing where he's in it for like four seconds and dies. The only... It's like one of two people... In the, like the only... Never mind. It's just... I can't, it's a bad, <laughs> bad movie. Baffling. Um, so to come off of that to make... To then say, we're going to do another Suicide Squad. It's like, that's a risk. It, it is a risk. I think that's what they needed to do, though. Needed to take a risk. Yeah. That's how, that's that's how you get out of a hole. You, yeah. you got to jump. You're so so wise. Uh, only when I haven't slept for a while. <laughs> uh, so before we move on to the beer, did you want? Is there any closing thoughts you had on Age of Ultron? Uh, I think there was one thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember exactly. Um, my I had some notes when I uh, watched the movie of things that I was like, "Wow, that's really interesting." Um, yeah, I want to make sure you get that, get all that out. <laughs> oh, oh, um. I don't remember why I wrote this, but uh, actually, I'll, I'll I'll talk about one other thing first. Uh, so th- there's one part where um, Tony and Ultron are fighting in the air right after uh, they meet up in Africa, um, mm-hmm. and Tony knocks him out of the air with a missile or something, and he goes down, and Tony's about to finish him off, and says, "You're done," or uh, you're, "You're finished," you know, something like that, um, and I I. You're, I'm gonna get to this other place before you, and then uh, Ultron basically says, "Oh, I'm already there," <laughs> and you see like this yeah. expression on Tony's face, like, "Oh crap," <laughs> and like he has to come to terms with like this threat that is like is the planet, like is everywhere at once. And I don't know, I thought that part was pretty cool. Anyway, the other part I want to talk about was um, the scene where Ultron is hooking him self up or dr cho i guess is helping him hook up to the um, regeneration cradle to yeah. create the body um i made a note saying does ultron have a soul question mark scepter might say yes i don't remember exactly why i wrote that <laughs> i mean yeah that's an interesting oh, thought does he have a soul i remember why because um remember how loki would do the uh, mind control thing with the scepter yeah. How did Ultron do that? He's not a person. He's his like how did his mind connect with the scepter to control Cho? Yeah. The only way to do that I think is besides A being born from the mind stone which he technically was. Um I would say that there is something deeper going on there. 
I would agree, yeah. That's interesting. I, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I mean, I would agree that he maybe has some sort of soul. Mm-hmm. To, at that point in the movie, at least. Like, he was created from a... Uh, the mindset which can create, like, can control and create these, you know, it's, I mean, it's an infinity stone. It could do, I feel like, pretty much anything. Maybe it was able to give him some sort of semblance of a soul. Yeah, attach some cosmic thing to him. Yeah. To his, uh, skeleton, or whatever you want to call it. It would definitely show why he was able to create so much emotion, and why he almost acted like a human at the end of the movie. Even, like, he's a robot, yet when Scarlet Witch is ripping out his quote-unquote heart, he was, like, in pain, like, grimacing in pain. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that would be proof that maybe he does have some semblance of a soul, that he can feel an emotion and phys- physical and mental pain throughout the movie that you get to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Deep, deep thoughts. Deep thoughts here with Comically Incompetent. <laughs> Good job, whoever the writer was for Age of Ultron. I don't remember. <laughs> I should know that. I feel like I should have that information. Same. Considering, um, I'm uh, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon and uh yeah Joss Whedon awesome <laughs> can't go wrong with Joss no not at all I think this was his last directing though his last one directed last one uh the, the words the last one directed by him oh it was I think so yeah I think you're right huh yeah he did the Avengers and then Avengers and oh Age of Ultron yeah then he wrote Justice League oh yeah <laughs> what a turn what a left turn (laughs) one last thing i want to bring up before we move on to the beer is that i remember we after in the hulk episode i learned that apparently it was in the plan to have abomination in this movie in age of ultron but they've changed the idea um my guess is that he's supposed to be the villain that the avengers were fighting in the beginning of the movie like it's like a little intro like easy like oh we're taking out the abomination um, but then I think, you know, after that, they kind of set this, oh, we're going to do the Infinity Stones. And then they wrote them out because it didn't make sense at that point. But it would be interesting to see the Abomination and, and any sort of semblance of a tie to Hulk's backstory <laughs> <laughs> before pre-Mark Ruffalo. We don't talk about it. We don't like to, we don't like to bring that up. <laughs> um, but I think I'm going to move on to the beer if you're cool with that. Yeah. So this week we have The Experiment by Anchorage Brewing Company. This is the most interesting beer I believe had on the show. It is a sour ale fermented in Missouri oak, finished on hand-picked wild Alaskan blueberries. That sounds heavenly. It is. It is divine. It is the most different beer. It is with fermented in oak tanks and with mixed culture. 7% alcohol by volume. Pretty light than I would have thought. It is a uh, sour ale with wild Alaskan blueberries. Um, it is extremely good it came fancily corked like a champagne bottle oh you know this whole situation going on wow um it was very good i honestly wasn't sure to expect i went to four different places to try and find a beer that had any semblance i went the experiment because we have a lot of experience movie quicksilver scarlet witch i mean we think about it ultron's an experiment gone wrong yep um i mean the beer is outstanding anchorage brewing company obviously in anchorage alaska if you live in Alaska, they are open with some COVID hours, so their hours are a little shorter. Tuesday through Sunday, 2 to 8 p.m. I mean, I, I'm just on their website right now. Gabe Fletcher is the founder and brewer. Bart Kelmo is the other brewer. I mean, these dudes nailed it. This beer is outstanding. I've never heard of this brewery until yesterday. Never had any other beer by them, but I will say if, if it's as good as this one, 
I would highly recommend them. If you ever, if you live in Alaska, I don't think we have any viewers in Alaska, but if you're, you know, go to Alaska, I would highly recommend to check them out. Their brewery looks really nice. Like, classy nice brewery. Um, I mean, they, they're would, putting corks in their beers. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I've never seen that before in, like, a sour ale especially. I feel like normally I would assume with that with, like, a stout that's been aged for a long time, but, like, for a sour to be corked like that and brewed that way. Um, it's a, it's very, like normally you get like a sour, it's like, oh, with all these different fruits and you kind of just taste like a sour. This, like you can taste blueberry so strongly. Like it's very strong. It's very, very good. Um, I would highly recommend it. Uh, I got it at a place in Costa Mesa, a liquor store called High Times. Um, if you anyone's in Orange County, you can get it there. I've never seen it anywhere else, but might be able to find something off their website for shipping. I'm not sure. Uh, but I would recommend to check that out. And, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Dom, thank you so much for being on the show this week. Yeah, of course. It's a lot of fun. We'll love to have you back, probably for Civil War, if you want to come back for that. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at ComicallyPod, for both Please follow us. You can get information. I post updates on the show and weekly reminders of the episodes, as well as pictures of the beer bottles and posts of the movie. So go check that out. Um, next week, we'll be doing Ant-Man. I do not have a guest lined up for that just yet, but please stay tuned for that and have a great week.